Welcome to episode 168 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are broadcasting here live from uh, the Magenta Manor, Pat Cave to be specific. And uh, as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Rounds Coffee, and we are part of the Dorkening Network. And with me, as always, is my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes von Nightmare. I am really, really, really excited for this episode today. Yeah, so I think with, let's just get in. And uh, our guest tonight has 250 acting credits for TV and movies. You might know her from Cujo, Critters, The Howling, and you might want to cover your ears. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest, the incomparable D. Wallace. Wow. What an... I'm, I'm stunned with that intro, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we, we try to make our guests feel special because and, and, we really appreciate Well, you succeeded. Excellent. Well, that makes me happy. So what we do on our show, Dee, when we have folks who have never been on before, we like to kind of do a little icebreaker where we ask a few random questions. And uh, this week we actually have uh, one of our questions is from one of our listeners who is a big fan. Um, so I think we'll start off with that. This is from our friend, Powerful Brandon. And uh, he asks, what was more uncomfortable, performing in a Pinto in Cujo or performing cheek to cheek with Jake Busey in The Frighteners? Oh, the Pinto, hands down. <laughs> hands down. I adore Jake. Well, that's cool. And we had the best time doing The Frighteners. But if I never see another Pinto again in my life, it'll be too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So you have played. A, a number of just amazing, amazing characters in, in, you know, cinema and TV. Do you have a favorite that you've portrayed? Uh, Cujo's my favorite film. Mine too. Of, every, of everything that I've done. I just, you know, I, I feel like I went as far as I could go, as truthfully as I could go there. And um, isn't that the job of an actor? Absolutely. Um, you know, of course, I I adore the howling, and I adore ET. Pretty much everything I've done, um, not everything, but pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, you know, but neither one of those other roles or any of the other roles demanded of me what Cujo demanded of me, and um, I'm just really proud. I'm I'm proud of my performance in there. As you, you should, should be, be, because it was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. So our, our final question uh, for the getting into character segment is, it's a question that we like to ask everyone. And uh, I believe I asked it to you when you were a guest on uh, the Dorkening show uh, about a month or so back. Um, if you were to attend a convention, who is it that you would want to go see you? Who, who is Dee spending her hard-earned money on? Oh dear! I don't think anybody ever asked me that question before. I don't know. <laughs> I I really I don't know. I hang out with so just about everybody that's there. Um, 
Oh, my gosh. So in the horror genre or in, any in, genre? In general, like, you know, maybe as a kid you grew up watching someone on TV or there was a movie that struck you particularly. Anthony Hopkins. If Anthony Hopkins was ever at a convention, I'd stand in line for two days and pay whatever he needed. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm there. His performance in pretty much everything, but Silence of the Lambs. I really liked him in The Edge, too, with uh, uh, yeah. Alec Baldwin. He's just he's just a consummate performer, and I hear a really, really nice man. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. You know, and even, you know, as he is, is getting up there in age, he still has this scary, menacing quality about him when he wants to. But he also has this suave, like, genteel, you know, charm about him. Yeah, that's on my bucket list to work with, Mr. Hopkins. <laughs> All right, so that was pretty easy. Those were our getting into character questions. Those weren't too bad. So what we'll do is we'll we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll get into some real good discussion with, with Dee. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey everybody, we are the Derailers, Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean, and you can join us once every week for a brand new derailment. It includes sidetracking, randomness, we just can't stay on topic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Derailers. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Derailers! Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. Nothing that lives in the is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. a new name for terror. 
We are back. So, D, again, thank you for, for being with us and, and uh, joining us tonight because we have some really, uh, I think, pressing questions, especially for uh, your your upcoming film that you're in, because we're very excited for this. Even though it's just getting a limited release, what can you tell us about working with Rob Zombie, especially in this upcoming Three From Hell film? Look, I am one of Rob's biggest fans. I I love him as a person. I love him as a director. He uh, gives all of us so much freedom to creatively um, come in and bring our own stuff. I mean, he knows exactly what he wants, but he gives us so much freedom to um, expound on that. And... Um, you know, when I when he offered me this part in Three from Hell, um, you know, it's it's not one of the major parts, but it's a pivotal role. And she was just deliciously what I don't usually get to play. And so I called him and and I said, Rob, I want to do this, but I I can't do this with my blonde hair. I want to dye my hair brown. And there was this pause, and he went, okay. <laughs> and I, I said, and I, I want to make it really severe looking. And he went, okay. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's just, he's very trusting, and he'll let you go as far as you want to go. I mean, so many times I drove home from that set thinking about the scenes. I went, oh, my God, I did not let myself do that, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Because you just, it's such a safe environment, and you you kind of forget that people are actually going to see this. So you just go in and let it rip, and it's, it's, it's a gold mine experience for an actor to be able to work with people like that. Now, do you think that him allowing you to alter your appearance helped you with this role? Because I saw... Oh, for sure. Okay, I was going to say, because I saw a picture, like a set picture with you and Sherry Moon, and it was like, Sherry Moon zombie and Dee Wallace. I was like, that's not Dee Wallace. There's no way it's Dee Wallace, and and obviously it is you. So was that... did, Did altering your appearance allow you to kind of divorce yourself from who you are and really engulf yourself in this character? Absolutely. And the... My look, if I can come up with my look for a part, I've got the part. Uh, and I think, you know, the hairdressers and the wardrobe people often don't get enough kudos for helping us do that because it's so important for an actor. If I can't get the right look, I can't find her. And so I, I knew instantaneously when I read this, I didn't want to look like me. Um, she, she had to be much harsher and not that I think I'm a glamour queen, but a lot plainer and, and homelier and uglier than me. (laughs) And, um, so really have very little 
makeup on other than what happens in I don't want to give it away oh, no, but what don't. happens in the <laughs> in, uh, yeah I almost spilled the beans there um uh, and al- almost all my scenes are with Sherry and uh I love that because you know I've done two other films with uh, uh Rob and never really gotten to do a lot with Sherry and so we had a really good time um Playing this interesting relationship that we have in the film. <laughs> There's a tease for you. Well, that's- <laughs> like, it's definitely one of my most anticipated films of this year. So I'm very excited to see it. And, you know, when I saw that you were attached to this project, I got even more excited. So I'm, oh, I'm, thank I'm you. ecstatic. I cannot wait. Yeah, we have tickets for next uh, next Monday, the uh, yes. the 16th. We're going to see it. Um, you will not be disappointed. Oh, that's good. good. Well, see, I, <laughs> yeah. for for folks who aren't aware, you know, like you said, you worked with him a couple other times. You were in The Haunted World of El Super Bisto, and you were in uh, Lords of Salem. And Halloween. And Halloween, yeah. So three. I was counting. You know, yeah. I, I didn't. I forgot about Super Bisto, but yeah, it's three now. Three, <laughs> four, about four now. Four total. <laughs> um, so... What uh, I'm trying to think of how I wanna how I wanna phrase this. Uh oh. No, no, it's not bad. I just <laughs> no, I wrote bad. down like I was I was scribbling down questions and I was just like key words that I put down <laughs> so I could remember things. Um, are there any roles? And you kind of alluded to this earlier. Are there any roles that you are glad that you passed on or maybe missed out on? You can just say yes or no. You don't have to get into specific. Um. Glad that. Well, yeah, um, not many, but there's been a couple of times where I w- was up for series, and it was down between me and somebody else, and they got it, and I was really upset. And then I would run into people a month, two months later, and they go, oh, "God, D, you're so lucky you didn't get that part. It was a nightmare on the show. Nobody knew what they were doing." We worked on godly hours, you know, and it's like life's too long. Sorry, after over 200 film credits, I, 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 I don't feel like I need to work with the BS anymore. Right, you, you learned know? that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way too. Yeah. Um, early in your career, you'll put up with the BS because... Anything to, you know, get some credits and get going in the business. But I've got to say, for most of my career, um, the the films I've participated in have been really nice experiences. Hard, really hard and hard work. Um, I, but, I, you know, I just literally just finished this film called Christmas in Louisiana for Lifetime um, with Barry Bostwick and um, uh, Moya Kelly was in it and just some great actors. Um, We just had so much fun. We had so much fun. And Barry has played my husband now, I think, two or three times. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And um, we just, 
we just laughed the whole time. And we had a director who was just a, a female director who was just beautiful and sweet and um, gave us a great breadth of creativity with everything that we did and a producer that was really caring and um, it was a tough shoot because we were in Louisiana and, you know, the rain and the electrical storms there nonstop. Um, but it was just a great experience and I, that's what I want the rest of my career. Excellent. You know, I did NCIS this year, earlier this year and the original one with Mark Harmon never had a better time doing a guest star than I had on that show. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm calling in right now. Good parts and nice people and fun. Now, a lot of your acting credits are actually in the horror genre. Did you set out for your career to be that way, or is that just kind of how things happen? I didn't. I didn't set out to do that. Um, but I have to say, I love to do a lot of emotional work, and I love to play really big arcs, emotional arcs and things. And there's no other genre that gives you the opportunity to do that as much as the horror genre. And um, I, I just like the ride, which is, you know, look at Cujo. You can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Absolutely. As long as the ride's not in a Pinto. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give me a horse. I'd lo- I love riding a horse any day. So, you know, I want to I want to get a couple questions just before we get into some uh, some deeper stuff, you know, a couple of lighter things. So when it's time to relax, you know, you've had a long day, you know, maybe you've been on a couple of podcasts, maybe you've, you know, done, you know, a, a TV episode or a commercial or something. How do you like to relax and unwind? Come home, have a glass of wine and sit down with my honey and watch a favorite show. I'm telling you, that's, you know, getting the jacuzzi, just, I'm a homebody. I am a homebody. I loved being in Bora Bora. I'm so glad to get home. We, we, We just... Just vacated, vacations, vacated, vacations um, for seven days in Bora Bora after I finished this film. And, you know, it was just, uh, my daughter loves to travel. She travels all over the world, which is what she, part of what she writes about in Eat, Pray, FML, her new book. Um, me? If uh, take me to the Hyatt Regency on Maui once a year, and then let me stay home, and I'm happy. <laughs> so, of course, you know all the filming now. Three fourths of it is away from LA, and all the conventions that I'm doing and the personal appearances. So I travel a lot, but but my heart is at home with my dog. That's fair. That's uh. Uh, Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) We're about to go on vacation next week because uh, this Friday, Friday the 13th, is our 10th anniversary. So we're about to go on vacation next week. Oh, happy anniversary, guys. Thank you. Yeah, but I'm already missing my cats already. 
haven't even left yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's crazy. It's kind of sick. My my assistant will take a video of her every day and send it to me so I can just have my fix. Yeah. We have, um, uh, well, Patrick's mom, my mother-in-law, will come and, and watch the cats, uh, checking on them and make sure that they're all right and send us pictures because I just, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, you miss them. You know, it's just, it's weird. It's like they. Yeah, they're, they're your babies. Yes, absolutely. You just, you miss yeah. them. Yeah. One of my friends, I mean, I have a great home, so everybody likes to come here, but one of my friends always comes in to take care of freedom so we don't have to board her because she's a rescue and I don't want to put her through that trauma again, you know? Now, how long have you had your dog? Um, going on two years now. Oh, and I looked three months for this dog. Yeah. Um, cause I believe they choose you. Absolutely. And, uh, so I went to, shelters and went back to shelters and this one shelter kept calling me and I went back the third time and she goes, geez, Dee, what are you looking for? We've showed you beautiful German shepherds and, you know, and I went, but none of them are choosing me. And um, I started to leave. She said, you know, we have this new female that just got her here, but she's in quarantine with kennel cough and she just had babies so her titties are hanging down to the ground i said well i'll go in and see her and i'm telling you the minute i walked through that door that dog looked at me and our eyes locked and she worked her paw out to reach for me i said let her out of the cage she came over came over to me and and buried her head into my lap and i went see now I've been chosen. <laughs> that, yeah, it's fate. I'm just surprised nobody tried pushing a St. Bernard on you. <laughs> well, they're beautiful dogs, let me tell you. They were beautiful dogs and smart dogs mm. uh, to work with. But I, I, I just couldn't have that big a dog in my house oh, right I'm now. We we had a Newfoundland lab when I was younger, and she was a handful, and she was mostly lab. So I can't imagine a dog three times her size. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't need a car. Yeah. I could just... But run. boy, those dogs in, on Cujo, Carl Miller had them trained within an inch of their lives. There were 13 dogs that played Cujo. Wow. All trained, all trained to go after different toys for different tricks. And then there was a lab that we tried putting in a, the dog suit to get him to go through the window, and he wouldn't do it. And then we had the stunt guy in the dog suit go through the window, and it looked stupid. And finally, we got one of the St. Bernards to go through. They brought in three cameras because the, the car, the trainer, said you got one shot. You don't get it the first time. We don't do it again. Yeah. And it was worth it, boy. It was worth that slow-mo shot. I mean, that's that's one of the most iconic shots right? of the film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Insider information there. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, because we've talked about some of your film roles and some of the stuff that you've done. And again, I'm sure you've been asked these questions a million times. But what I'd like to talk a little bit about is... Uh, the common ground of self, your uh, your TED talk that you did. So, can you give us a little bit of background behind that, and like what prompted you 
to want to uh, to do this. Well, I love the TED Talks, and I've been moved by a lot of them. And, you know, I have a whole healing practice, which is the other side of D. Wallace. Um, I'm a clairaudient channel, and I have a radio show on every Sunday morning where people can call in and talk to the channel. And there were, my spiritual work involves a lot of brain science also. And when I started reading and learning how much a child's is, is ingrained in a child's brain by the time of seven years old, um, I just felt really compelled to study my own life, study a lot of my clients' lives, um, because the way we see ourselves, the way we see the world, and the way we see the world seeing us, totally done in your brain by seven years old. So if you want to know the wall you keep hitting about why you can't complete something or why you can't make yourself do something or start something or it's always from your little child. And, and so I'd always wanted to do a Ted talk and, um, and, and when it came about to be, that was the subject that. And, um, I had a couple of psychologists and psychiatrists in the audience come up to me afterwards and say, you know, Dee, I work with this in my practice and I never saw it explained from this perspective and that they were literally going to take this into their practice now and start working with. So, you know, when you can touch people like that and help people look inside themselves and and branch out and expand in their lives and become more powerful. You just got to do it. Yeah. And so I did. <laughs> and I, I thought it was very informative. And, you know, I, I was doing this, you know, on my lunch break because it's not, it's about 18 minutes long. It's not, you know, like a two hour thing uh, because you're very concise. You, you, you convey what you need to convey in, you know, such a short time. Um, uh, and uh, that's when I was, you know, trying to come up with some good questions for you. So one of the questions I had for you is, do you feel that your childhood self has had influenced you before you even realize it? Like looking back at you. Oh, know, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. In good ways and in bad ways. But, uh, you know, I my little girl was raised in the Midwest in a very poor family. So my little girl, and a religious family, and so my little girl was taught you don't need more than you need, and God uh, doesn't like anybody that's too powerful, and um, you don't have any control over your own life. It's what God wants. You know, if something bad happens, God sent it to you for a lesson, and all that stuff that we're, we're taught, and Never, never, ever, ever um, say how great I am or even conceive how great I am. All those limiting things. And, um, but at the same time, part of me of my family was I would hear, 
you're so talented and you're so great, Dee Dee, and you can do anything. And and so uh, for a long time, that message and those messages went out for me. And so I had enough naivete and power and belief in myself to go to New York and make it. Um, but when E.T. came along, I that little girl kicked in and said, oh, don't, no, 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 you can't get too big. God doesn't like you if you get too big. And um, don't tout your own horn. And everybody wanted to interview me and talk to me. And I pulled way back. I pulled way back and actually didn't work for a while. And I could not understand what the heck was going on when I finally got everything I wanted. And in retrospect, I totally understand it now, what what went on, that that little girl just kicked in and said, I have to keep you safe, so I'm going to pull you back. And that's what most of our kids, our inner childs, our little childs, are are doing for us, they think that part of us thinks that we're keeping us safe. And what we're really doing is shutting ourselves down and pulling ourselves back. You know, I, and, um, oops, sorry, go ahead. Well, it's just uh, any of your listeners, if you want to know the wall you're hitting, look at your life from seven years back to conception and see what you were taught verbally, and also what was modeled for you. I actually really need to thank you for doing that TED Talk. First of all, because I'm obsessed with TED Talks. I love them, and I love that there's a TED Talk for pretty much everything at this point. Uh, They're on Netflix. They're on YouTube. I I can't get enough of them. I love them. Um, Yeah, me too. I had an uh, awful moment when listening to your TED talk, because for the longest time I chalked it up to, oh, well, I'm just, I'm a perfectionist or, oh, it's just anxiety. Or, you know, maybe I'm trying to self-sabotage myself or, you know, maybe, maybe I have imposter syndrome or something, you know, trying to, to analyze, you know, why I feel the way I feel sometimes and how, you know, how, why my, my personality can all of a sudden I can, I can, I can be larger than life. And then all of a sudden feel really withdrawn. And with you saying that, you know, I, I had like a, a moment where I was just like, oh my God, that's it. You know, it's it's the influence from, you know, my parents and things that happen, you know, and, and outside influences and other things that had happened at that young age that, you know, and yep. it's not even bad things. You know, it's not like trying Well, to- and it's not it's not what we want now. But our little child doesn't realize we can just go, well, this is BS. I don't want to believe this anymore. I'm going to pick a belief now that supports what I want and gives me the power to go out and do it now. And we all have the right to do that. We all have the power to do that. We're just not aware that we need to do it. Right. right. I, I I had never even thought that I, I didn't know this was a thing. And I had never even thought of that because nobody has ever, you know, I, I've never heard it discussed in such a way before. And the way you presented it, uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense. Like, it, that's it. Well, thank you. I'm so very glad to have that feedback and glad that you enjoyed it and learned something from it.
Yeah, I mean, I actually, I listened to it twice because it's like, oh, you know, this, you know, like Ashes was saying, like, this makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, everything that you're influenced with and, you know, like you were saying, you know, it's like, oh, you can do anything, but don't think that you're too good or don't think that you're too great. You know, it's yeah, like, these are kind of conflicting messages. So I know. Uh, well, and and most of us are living within conflicting messages. You hit it right on the head. And, you know, so if the universe is a partner that's helping you create what you want and you say, well, I really want to go right and I believe I have to go left. The universe just kind of sits there and goes, well, I don't know what the hell to do then, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if we want the universe to work with us, we've got to be really clear and integrated around what we want. It makes sense. Um, So I know... You know, you're on a schedule, so I want to get to a couple more things before we let you go. Okay. You released a book called Bright Light, which is available on Amazon. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Bright Light is um, a journey of all of the great directors and projects and films uh, that I've done, the major ones, and um, the spiritual lessons that I learned along the way. It it's really kind of an autobiography through my career, and it goes from I I lightly touch on my childhood, and then um, go through you know I got a teaching degree and then went to New York and then all of the things I learned about myself and about life and about how not to give myself up and give my power up to people who have hurt me, um, abused me, used me in any way. Um, And to really, um, I, I think the biggest message is anything you can do to move back into loving yourself is what you want to do. Again, my, my daughter's book that she just came out with, uh, it's very interesting. It's very different from my book about her divorce and all the things that horribly happened to her with abandonment. But it, too, in a very millennial way, talks about getting back to yourself and finding out how to love yourself and empower yourself again. And what was the uh, the name of that one again, just so people can look for it? Eat, Pray, Hashtag FML. Nice. Gabrielle Stone. So, um, one last thing, um, you, you mentioned your radio show, uh, you're on episode mm-hmm. 474 coming up. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Oh gosh. I just love doing this show. Uh, again, I'm a, I'm a channel. And so it's a show where people call in and ask any questions they want. Uh, and the channel will give them information and and guidance as to how they can get out of that rut or what's creating this or how they can move back into empowerment. Um, oftentimes they go into, um, I'm certainly not a doctor, but I bring through energetic information about um, disease and discomfort mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, Money, a lot of people ask about money. 
um, can be something as urbane as, look, we've had the house on the market for six months and it hasn't sold. Um, it's just a fascinating show. And throughout the show, I teach uh, a lot of the principles of the creation process itself. Excellent. Well, I, uh, Ashes, do you have any other questions? Or? Yeah, I just want to say that you are amazing and absolutely fascinating as a person. And I can't even believe, like, there are some days where I can't even get off the couch because I'm just, you know, being lazy. And here you are, you have all of these acting credits and, you know, you're a writer, you, you know, a motivational speaker, you do everything. You're absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. I, I come alive whenever I can serve and be creative. That's really what makes me happy and and just stirs my heart. So, you know, it's funny coming back from Bora Bora, the girl behind me was saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to go back to work. How am I ever going to adjust? I can't. I just don't ever want to go back to work. And I'm sitting there going, yay, I get to go back to work. I have five sessions to do the day after I get back, you know, (laughs) because I just, I love everything I do. And I think that's why so many opportunities come to me, because the universe just knows I love it. You know, and when I can see, and and this is in acting and in my spiritual work, when I can see that I have affected somebody and changed their life, helped them change their own life, and and moved them or taught them something, that's what life is about for me. And I'm very grateful that I have a life dedicated to that. And that's awesome that you're able to do that. So, again, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time, and I know you you have... Uh, you bet, guys. I've had a great time. Some great questions. Thank you so much. Do you have a craving for creatures, a thirst for thrills, and a hunger for horror? Then you need to gorge yourself on the gore of rock and shock. That's right, Worcester's annual horror convention, Rock and Shock, comes for you from the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts on October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Featuring the ladies of Evil Dead, Betsy Baker, Ellen Sandweiss, and Teresa Tilly, Ray Wise, and Sherilyn Fenn of Twin Peaks, Jason Voorhees himself, Kane Hodder. John Dugan and Ed Neal of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and making his first appearance, the legendary Bruce Campbell. Hail to the king, baby. Go to rockandshock.com for the full list as new guests are added all the time. Rock and Shock, be there and be scared. When there is no more room in hell... Hey there, this is JB, and if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. 
Thanks for listening, kitties. You're all a scream. <laughs> Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. Come back again. I want you to stay next time. Oh, sometimes the world ain't kind. People get lost like you and me I just made a friend A friend is someone you need And we are back. Wow, that was fucking cool. I can't believe she took the time out of her day to talk to us. Yeah, like... Us of all people! Right? Like... You know, it's it's pretty cool. And I, I'm i glad we asked her some questions that she hasn't had to deal with before. Like, that's cool. But seriously, about her TED Talk, like, if you're into TED Talks, definitely check it out. And even if you're not into TED Talks, like, it's, it's worth listening to. It's worth watching. It's rather profound. And you may also have an aha moment as well. So um, it was awesome. Yeah, like, it's, it's 18 it's, minutes. It's on YouTube. You know, there were worse things to to watch on on a, on a daily basis. We didn't even but, get a chance to talk to her about dolls, but that's okay. We weren't really talking about uh, her movies so much as you know, wanted to know who she was. Well, I mean, she's such a brilliant character actress. So yeah, and she has two hundred and fifty movies. Like we right. can't talk it's about all of, of them, right? <laughs> I mean, well, and that's what I was gonna say. Like we've actually had this interview. We've had to reschedule it a couple of times because she, she has keeps gotten working. yeah she she's gotten work and her assistant was like, hey, sorry, we have to reschedule. And, it's and then like, she went on vacation to no. Bora Bora, right? But it's like, don't no, <laughs> don't be sorry. Like, are you kidding? The fact that she's still acting, you know, there are. And is willing Holly- to squeeze us into her right. fancy Hollywood, Hollywood schedule. Hollywood can be cruel, but the fact that she's still finding work and still able to thrive as an actor and have a good time with it as well, you know, it it it, it it's nice. Like that's that's awesome. I can't, you know, it's just so cool. Like, yeah, it was you hear all very of these great. really just just negative stories, but to to have this, you know. Yeah. She's she's still working, she's still thriving and she's taking... unbelievably pleasant. Yeah, oh, she's so warm. So nice. And inviting and stuff. Yeah. So I thank you to Dee Wallace for for coming on our little show and yeah. and chatting really with us. Really appreciate it. That was great. It. Yeah, she's just very nice. So uh we still have a show to do. Yeah, we still the rest have a, couple. Of a show to do. We have yeah, we have the end of the show. So uh, we have some science and some wine to talk to you about. We also we have, have a new a, battle. I was going to say we have a new battle. So uh, I'll 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 get into my. Uh, you want to actually do your wine first because the battle and my science fact kind of go hand in hand. Okay, so I went to a new wine store that opened up locally, and when I say new, I think it's been around for about a year, year and a half now. When I somehow have not made my way down there yet until recently. So I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. But anyways, um, 
they had this great like sale going on and I believe it's something that they do all the time. It's called a mix sticks. So you choose six bottles of any wine and you get 10% off of your purchase. So I got six bottles of wine for less than $50 and that's crazy and amazing and I'm having a really good time drinking the wines. So there's one in particular that we enjoyed so much, I actually went back and purchased a couple more bottles to bring to a get-together we had some with some friends recently. And it is called... Hold on, let me grab it. That's my impression it, of a drum. <laughs> what kind of drum does that? But anyways, so it's called... Liquid Popsicle. That is the wine. Liquid Popsicle. Now, the flavor I'm going to talk about today is actually a white wine. It's a sweet white, and it's an orange creamsicle flavor. I know. Is your mind blown? Because mine was. Now, this wine we saw, um, let's see, they had the orange creamsicle. That was a white. They also had a lemon-lime that was also a, a white. It looked like it may have been more of a Chardonnay base. This one definitely had hints of a Riesling to it. Uh, we also picked up another bottle of this stuff. Um, it's called Rubelicious. It's a sweet red. They also have a cherry flavor that's red and a strawberry flavor that's a rosé. So liquid popsicle. Let me tell you, the back of the label says, fun times to be had here, like when you tasted your first orange creamsicle popsicle. This sweet white is sure to delight. This wine combines the flavors of orange and vanilla that provides a wonderful orange nose for a harmonious fruity finish. Enjoy slightly chilled with friends and let the good times roll. It is a wine that is vinted in California. So I do love my California grapes. I, I think that uh, that area is definitely prime for, for grape growing. But yeah, this wine. So it's not exactly what you're thinking. It's not a creamsicle in wine form. Uh, it doesn't taste like you're drinking a, a melted creamsicle. Actually, side note, if you want to taste like you're drinking a want your drink to taste like you're drinking a melted creamsicle, do a screwdriver, you know, orange juice and vodka, but use whipped cream. You can use vanilla as well, but I highly recommend you use the whipped cream vodka with the orange juice. It does taste like a creamsicle. It's pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, but this wine was very delightful, and I'm not usually a white drinker, and I I do enjoy a sweet wine every now and then, but they're not always my favorite. But this was delicious. Like, it tastes like the last few days of summer. Just, you know, it's still warm out, and the, the sun's going down earlier, but you're trying to just kind of milk those last few days before, you know, of, of like summer vacation. Uh, before you have to go back to school and, you know, before... Or work. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. But, but, you know, like when you're a child and you're trying to, like... I've been working since I was 14. So I worked as a child. It was in a coal mine. Um, Is that why you have the black lung? <laughs> that's one of the reasons. I think I have the black lung, Pa. <laughs> I ate smoke. You ate 
smoke. Yeah, the smoke monster from Lost. I froze him and ate him as a popsicle. Uh, uh, okay. But anyways, yeah, so it's Liquid Popsicle. That's the brand. The flavor is sweet white orange creamsicle flavor. It's it was it's really good. Definitely chill it. Um, what I recommend doing is either throw it in, the, buy it, throw it in the fridge for twenty minutes, or uh, and and then enjoy. Or if you would like to, you can bring it home, throw it in the fridge, and then let it sit out for about ten minutes or so before you drink it. Uh, I find that to be the the best temperature to drink it at. But yeah, it was really good. Like really good. Um, like I said, n- definitely doesn't taste exactly like a liquid creamsicle, but it's fruit forward. So the orangey citrusy flavor hits you on the front of the palate where the notes of vanilla, very like a nice smooth sugary vanilla hits you on the back of the palate. So it's not, you know, a a combined flavor. It takes, you know, a a couple of senses for you to, to get the actual flavor of the entire wine, but it's definitely worth trying. And I think it also might make a really good sangria as well. Yes. It, it was, it was like the first thing that I saw and I was like, okay, we're getting this. And you're like, what? And I was like, it's orange creamsicle. You're like, yep. This was actually the wine that we were drinking when we recorded last episode. Yeah, the, this so. was the uh, this is the payoff to that tease. Yeah, so yeah. if you were wondering, now a week later, we uh, we have it here. So my science fact for this week, because like I said, it ties into the uh, the battle, is uh, I am discussing chorophobia, which is from the Greek word colon k o l o n which means stilt or stilt walker. And the symptoms are sweating, nausea, feelings of dread, rapid heartbeat, crying and screaming, and anger. Because chorophobia... That kind of sounds like our wedding night. Yeah. There was a lot of anger. Like, why am I here? Uh, Chorophobia is the fear of clowns. Ah! So I figured that is uh, appropriate, especially considering, you know, the... uh, the fact that this month at this recording, I've watched seven movies and four of them have been it chapter one and it chapter two. <laughs> You've held me back long enough. I'm going to clown college. Hooray. So that being said, we have a new battle time for the battle theme. Ashes, what do we have this week? So, our battle for this week, we are calling it the Kick 'em in the Dairy Air battle. It's the battle of the clowns. We are talking Pennywise from the 1990 miniseries portrayed by Tim Curry versus Pennywise in the 2017 and 2019 cinematic releases portrayed by Bill Skarsgård. The location is the Dairytown Gazebo, 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They're gazebos. They're gazebos. They're bullshit. And winner is obviously the first to vaporize their opponent. To wish, not, not so much wish, their, send their opponent into oblivion. So with that being said, definitely hit us up on the social medias, the Facebook poll, the Twitter poll, uh, and let us know who do you have? Who do you think will win? Which Pennywise reigns supreme? Is it Tim Curry or is it Bill Skarsgård? Yeah, and uh, this, is a, this is a great episode, especially because uh, when this episode drops, by the time work gets out, that this day, this Thursday, the 12th, we'll be all excited and happy because Friday the 13th is our 10th anniversary together. Aww. And we are going to get tattoos and wine. That's our plan. Tattoos and wine and sushi. That's our that's our deal. Yeah, I think, because you know how like certain anniversaries have certain things. So like your first anniversary is like paper. Your second anniversary is like an anvil. Yeah, you know, I your think third anniversaries, yeah, like coal. Your fourth anniversary is a talcum powder, paper clip. Or you have something. to work your way up the Mohs scale of mineral hardness. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think yeah, I think it's well known that the tenth anniversary is flash tattoos, wine, and sushi. Yes, yes, because you have to make up for all the coal and talcum powder that you've been giving. Paper clips, paper clips, popper clops, <gasps> clops that pop your clopper. <laughs> so. I think with that being said, we're well, going to... We still need to talk about coming attractions. Oh, yeah. Coming what a- are we doing next week, Patsy? Uh, oh, next week we are discussing a character who... I, I say underwent a massive uh, transformation from the first film to the second film. Because his fifth film, this character's fifth film, comes out on September 20th. So the day after this episode, and you know how we like to correspond our episodes with upcoming movie releases, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing Rambo, John Jay, on episode 169 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Is that John, John Jacob Jay? Jingleheimer Rambo? That's I, I don't his name is my name too. Song. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to discuss how he changes from. The first movie to the second movie to the third. And then, if we have time, the fourth. And uh, we will be at the fifth movie. We're going to be going there uh, next Friday. Because I'm going to go with my my dad and my brothers are coming with us. So, it's going to oh, be... I'm, a, I'm going to. Do you want to go? I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the Rambo films yet. I have a lot of work to do before yes. the next episode. I've seen them all so. a whole bunch of times. And I, you know... Actually, the only exposure maybe I'll, cl- I'll close this episode I've with a Rambo clip. Had with Rambo is. Do you remember that Rambo band? Bright? No, you reading Rambo. <laughs> reading Rambo. Um, remember that band Green Jelly? The Three Little Pigs they, song. And like it's like the, the pigs called Rambo. They called Rambo just as any piggy would. Uh, yeah, and fun fact: Green Jelly also did the theme. For the Maximum Carnage video game on Sega Genesis, one of my all-time favorite games. So, if Retro Redoctopus, any of you guys are listening, we should do an episode on Maximum Carnage, the Sega Genesis game. Just throwing that out there. 
So that's next week. And then following that, we are actually going to start our Halloween series for this year. So we have some really cool guests lined up. And uh, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited for Halloween every year anyways, but uh, it'll be it'll be really cool this year. So stay tuned, kids. We also have a bunch of places that we're going to be at over the next couple of months. Speaking of Halloween, we're going to be at the Halloween, Halloween, wow, um, like Benedict Cumberbatch and his penguins, Halloween, I don't know how to pronounce things right, um, the Halloween Happenings Party at Platinum City Gaming on October 5th. That is from 7 to midnight, 7 p.m. to midnight. There is a $10 cover at the door uh, that is hosted by BMG Events. And we will be there. There will be a costume contest. And if you know us, you know that we love our costumes. So uh, bring it on. Uh, we are also going to be at Rock and Shock at the DCU Center in Worcester, October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Yeah, you heard that promo. And I mean, I can't even get over the guests that they have at this, this the convention this year. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm really excited to meet the people from Twin Peaks. And Bill fucking Bill. Oh, my God. Bruce Campbell. Not Bill fucking Campbell. Bruce. Bill Campbell, Campbell of the Campbell Soup Fortune. This is what happens when you podcast on No Sleep. You just And don't, wine. Don't, yeah. A little bit of wine. Mostly No Sleep. Uh, yeah. Bruce Campbell's going to be there. I'm really excited to meet him. I will wait in line all day, every day to meet Bruce Campbell. And we, you know, one of our uh, most prized... Um, autographs that we have we have a uh a texas chainsaw massacre the original um steel book signed by gunner hansen and as you heard from the promo uh ed neal and john dugan are going to be there so it would be nice to get them to add their names to the uh to the uh movie that we have there we're also going to be at rhode island comic-con november 2nd 3rd of First, second, and third. Uh, that is in Providence at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. We will be there as well as with with Rock and Shock. We'll, we're going to be there with the Dorkening. Correct. Doing some really dorky fun stuff. So mm-hmm. definitely come say hi. Uh, yeah. So Rhode Island Comic Con, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, we're also going to be at the Den of Autumn Horror Fest. November 9th, that is also at Platinum City Gaming. Uh, that is going to be a really fun time. They are accepting applications for, um, not but submissions for the film festival. So if you have anything, definitely let us know. We can get you in touch with the right people. But it's going to be a really good time. I believe that also has a cover charge of $10. Uh, there's going to be drinks and games, and we'll be there. Other vendors are going to be there. Come see some great movies. It is sponsored by BMG Events, and it came from the 508 Productions. It's the uh, world premiere of The Box. from the It box. came from the 508, so that's really exciting. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Broke Horror it, Fan will be uh, doing a, a short there, The Misplaced. Yeah, That I wrote oh, a review on a, a yeah, while ago. That is, that is really good. So you definitely want to be there for for that um and to hang out with alex divincenzo of broke horror fan we are also going to be at super mega fest 
November 16th and 17th. Well, we'll be there the 16th. The well, convention is both Salem. days. Right. We gonna, will be there the 16th. We will be there. That is at the Sheridan in Framingham. That's actually the same place that Scarecon happens. So if you went to Scarecon, you know where Super Mega Fest is. Uh, like Patsy said, we will be there the 16th. We won't be there the 17th because we have something super cool planned. Oh, we have a huge interview. We cannot wait. Like, like I know I say I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm just a very excited individual. I'm just, I'm, I'm so surprised. I'm just so excited. Um, I'm so startled. I'm really excited for this interview yeah i am too Um, this has been a long time coming it is and it's in person we are actually meeting this person for the first time after having several interactions with this actor and i'm really excited for this and it's going to create some great content that we can get some stuff signed to share with you guys so uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up. And then after that's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and, you know, we're going to be doing some stuff in between. We're going to have some great episodes coming up. We'll have to, uh, interview your mom after she watches D Wallace's lifetime Chris- Christmas movie with well, Barry. You, you no. Know, so my mom is one of those, like she watches all of like the Hallmark and lifetime Christmas movies. She watches them year round because apparently the Hallmark channel actually plays all of those films year round. Uh, they definitely know who their target audience is. My mom still has a Christmas tree up in her house. Not like a big one, but like a little Christmas tree up in her house because she just fucking loves Christmas so much. It's ridiculous. Uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, we'll have to like get her reaction to the film. We can interview her over the phone. See what she, uh, well, we could probably interview says. her in person. It'd well, it depends on when it be is nice to go see. We could do a watch party at my mom's house. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> she would love that. Enjoy. Oh, you're coming too. Yep, actually, no, you probably carry me. Because, yeah, carry, <laughs> carry me there. Carry, like, go carry on you. Like, yeah, you'd have to use your you telekinetic powers in order to get me to go there. They're all gonna laugh at you and watch that movie. I don't. Your mom and your sister are delightful, and you know I'll 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 go there and spend time with them. But I'm not going there for a, a lifetime Christmas movie marathon. I'm sorry, that's not happening. I will stay home and do other things that aren't that. So. There, there's gonna be wine because. There's a liquor store two minutes down the road. I'm not going to lie, though. Some of those movies are kind of cute. Who are you? It's not so much my cup of tea. Some some of them, okay, especially the Hallmark movies, they are predictable. They are so predictable. And it's funny because, like I said, my mom watches them all the time. The love interest is the guy in the sweater. (laughs) Actually, it mostly usually is. That's because they all wear sweaters. Or or a suit. Or or the suit. It's either the sweater or the suit. Oh, I'm a standard businessman. Look how standard I am. Oh, I'm wearing a fun hat. Oh, I'm approachable. My sister will will text me sometimes when my mom is watching some of these these films and... Although I'm sure uh, Christmas in Louisiana is not like that. I'm sure it's much better. Well, I mean, it starts D. Wallace and Barry Bostwick. You know, some of these these other films don't have crazy names attached to them. And I love Barry Bostwick. I will watch anything that Barry Bostwick is in because he's quite delightful. So I'm really eager to see the two of them together in that film. I think it'll be good. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Christmas in Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's a good time. So I am... uh... 
I'm gonna eat, say, drink, and be merry Christmas. Eat, drink, and be merry Christmas. Eat, drink, and be meowie. All right. I think on that note, <laughs> it is time for us to say goodbye. So we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.